0: on this episode of PLNPJ's Bye Bye Burnley
1: and final day drama
0: premier league podcast with a dress code
1: and the comfiest dress code at that brent uh pajamas
0: and jake here's what i'm starting to think is maybe by next season we really got to figure out which one of these we're gonna run with
1: let's just workshop it um really come up with a tagline we can stick with
0: i don't know this we don't have that much time to come up with it
1: sure yeah we're really swamped this summer is
0: gonna be busy but wait a minute jake it's summer Ooh, it is. Season's over. Sad. It's all wrapped up. What are we going to do with our weekends?
1: Um, Probably the same things we've been doing. Yeah,
0: no, I yeah. don't think the schedule will change a lot other than having soccer on like a few times. Sure, yeah. Oh, um, but the MLS.
1: Yeah, I'm super excited yeah. about the MLS. Big Rapids I fan. love watching Major League Soccer. Uh, but Brent, a dramatic last day to say the least.
0: I would say more. More. I would say one of the more dramatic ones that I've seen in my lifetime.
1: Um, Definitely for me as a more recent viewer, sure. I would have to agree.
0: Yeah, I, I think not only because of the drama in so many situations, like whether it be top four, top of the table, relegation, whatever, the way that things transpired with Villa going up on City, City having a... Five-minute comeback to score three goals to win the Premier League. Liverpool Salah celebrating, thinking that he won for Liverpool, running to the crowd. Have you seen that picture of the yeah. guy in the crowd holding up his hands to be like, it's 3-2 in the other one?
1: And he looked very sad. Yeah. yeah.
0: But then, also on the flip side of it, because frankly, the Spurs Arsenal stuff, not that exciting. Spurs handled sure. their business very well um son did end up getting golden boot so our prediction was correct the the two goals right
1: Yeah, we're the best bettors
0: in the world that's what people say Mm -hmm. so stay tuned for this week's but all that to say the relegation fight got so exciting i told you i was screaming at you over text to turn on the burnley game because when they heard that brentford had equalized like you could tell it went around the stadium and everybody got excited and you know, it looked like all they needed was a draw. They were peppering the goal. Mm. I mean, it was just end to end Newcastle counterattacks on the, but just Burnley pressure, pre- and that's what you love about the final day. Yeah,
1: um, I really thought Burnley was gonna get one back. It didn't end up mattering because, because Leeds sure. got a second. But yeah, I, I will say about the relegation battle on that final day. I think if, you know, the outcomes had changed at all during the actual match day, that would have been slightly more exciting because as soon as Burnley went down um, and Leeds went up, it never changed from that point. Sure. Um, But no, it was uh, a frantic fight for Burnley in those, like, 20 minutes where they were just shooting all over the place.
0: Yeah, and I will say, Brentford did Burnley no favors. Clearly they wanted to be the only b named team in the Premier League because, look, you can't control the injury. But to have Thomas Frank, what were you going to say? Bournemouth. Oh, right. They're coming up. Well, you know, maybe they didn't want three. (laughs) Anyway, Burnley got no favors from Brentford, who Thomas Frank made three quick-fire substitutions in the middle of the second half to go for a win, which Burnley would have loved, to then have Ayer get hurt and go down to 10 men. And then have Sergi Canos get a red card on a double yellow within the span of a minute and 30 seconds for taking his shirt off in a celebration and then doing a late tackle on Rafinha. Being down to nine men uh, for the rest of the game, I mean... Tough. Yeah, that's... As much as I love those bees. not necessarily uh, what you love to see from Premier League side.
1: But Brent, they had the freedom to do all that because you know their fate was not on the line. They took care of business um, you know, way beforehand, and really uh, Burnley didn't, and that's why they had to push for that uh, equalizer, which they never got and did not matter regardless, and sure. it's the reason why they're dropping.
0: Yeah, and, and they are who we're focusing on. Jake, what I want to ask is, were the signs there from the start of the season that Burnley would be in trouble this year?
1: I wouldn't say from the start of the season. They kind of started as they always do, you know, nicking points here and there but not really looking like a dominant team. We've never seen Burnham look like a dominant team. Um, But then it really just slowed down about halfway through, and they never really recovered.
0: What I would say is I I would say the signs were there, only because they came off the last season. And I I know that they did not win seven of their final eight matches, but I want to go so far as to say they might have lost – seven of their eight. It might have been less than that, but they dropped a ton of points at the end of the season last year. Point They were in terrible form and came into this season with a very tough opening schedule. I want to say their first six matches were all against top half of the table teams, like place 10 and up. And that's a really tough way to bring last season's form into the new season. And I don't think they just, they didn't bring in enough signings with fresh mindsets, fresh, I guess you could say form. To change things, I mean, Cornet was great. He yeah. did well, but outside of that, I think they needed Voot Veghorst at the beginning of the season, not midway through, um, for for some attacking potency. They that you know, lost Chris Wood, so that didn't help as well. But they really were underperforming last season, and it's not a surprise that it continued to this season.
1: Yeah, well, Brent, you also mentioned that they played a tough first run of fixtures to begin the season. Which is one of the reasons why I didn't seem like it was a big deal because you know sure. they weren't really expecting to pick up many points from those games. Um, did they get kind of Roberts this off season or was that two years ago?
0: Oh, it was two years ago. What was
1: it? Uh, well, yeah. Regardless, still just not enough yeah. done in the transfer window in the summer. Um, obviously, uh, an addition in January helped a little bit, but other than that, Brent, it was just. No, nothing going for Burnley, really, in that middle stretch um, when they really hit a poor run of form and saw them at the bottom of the table for a good chunk of time.
0: Yeah, and for, they did very well to get into a position where they could be saved. I still think the sacking of Sean Dyke came at a very interesting timing. Yeah, I mean, it was just an interesting decision. and I mean, how do they even rationalize that now? I mean, they, they still went down, but they lost the man that got them up in the first place and kept them up.
1: I'm going to reiterate what we said when it first happened and we reacted to it. There's got to be something more behind the scenes. I'm sure eventually it'll come out, um, but they've done a good enough job to, you know, keep it uh, under wraps until the end of the season already. Um, But there has to be something more. There's just no reason for the timing of that um, sacking before a fixture and with what, like six games remaining? Uh, just did not make sense to either of us, and really the whole football community uh, was kind of raising questions at that. And, it, you know, I'm going to go under the assumption that I'm going to say there wasn't anything behind the scenes. Sure. You don't want to assume anything bad. Um, And if we're assuming that it was just, you know, they were doing poorly and in threat of relegation, and they sacked their long-term manager, I... (laughs) I don't know how you rationalize it at this point. I think once they did that, they kind of sealed their fate. Of course, uh, some decent results at, right so after they did the fact. have an uptick in form, um, but just overall, I, I don't know how you uh, sack a manager who has been there through thick and thin and uh, was really, you know, their cornerstone.
0: Yeah, and I mean that man lost his voice every week. <laughs> Yeah, What's the, he going to do now? The, the
1: passion was there. He could be a carnival barker.
0: Ooh, that'd be fun. A carny. <laughs> for
1: about 90 minutes, and then he'll lose his voice.
0: <laughs> nice. Jake, I guess really what my question is, going down to next season for them, is we often see teams get relegated and have to sell players at a discount price. They could possibly lose a player like Corne, was so important for them this season. Vubeg Horse probably stays, you know, but... Do you think they have a chance of bouncing right back up and you know kind of doing the Fulham back down, back up, back up, back down?
1: No, Brent. I think it's gonna take a little longer. Um, I I don't think it's gonna be this next season. I think, like you mentioned, they lose Cornet. I think they lose Dwight McNeil. Uh, I think it goes to a mid-table club in the Premier League. They're losing Tarkovsky on a free, probably to Everton. And I don't Nick know.
0: Pope will probably get poached Nick by Pope a Premier League team. Maybe Newcastle.
1: I was going to say either become the first string for a mid-table team or become second choice at a you know top six or mm-hmm. big six. But yeah, I think they're going to lose too many um, key players uh, when they have to go down and sell off some, some people to save some money because of all those funds you lose from going from the Premier League to the Championship. And I think they are a mid-table team in the Championship next year, and they, they really have to figure out a new game plan to kind of build around the players that remained and i think it's going to take maybe two or three years before we see them back in the premier league
0: yeah i wouldn't be surprised i I tend to agree what else i will add to that is that they were in the premier league long enough to where their wage bill will be an issue going into the championship which i think is going to cause more sales of players i think people will be less inclined to stay at the club um but but we'll have to see i mean it's I obviously hope for them that they find success quickly. You know, it's you don't want to see a team. I mean, we've seen it in the past, like a Bolton Wanderers or a Sunderland, or you know, various teams. QPR that have mm-hmm. been in the Premier League and then just drop down and never really return. Um, but but it certainly could be a reality for Burnley.
1: Yeah, and as you know, sad it is to see a team like Burnley that's been up for quite a while now. Um, I'm excited about the teams coming up. I think Bournemouth and Fulham, who, you know, obviously up and down, up and down, up and down. Uh, I think there's slightly more exciting um, than the Burnley squad that kind of just holds on for points.
0: No, I agree, Jake. Um, what I will say, just to, to, to close it out, sure, is I think a lot of their success will come down to who they end up do deciding to hire as a manager. Because whoever comes in will be replacing a legend, of the club, presumably they're not going to sign Dyke back, um, but but it'll really come down to that for me because they have such the players that they've recruited. Dyke has been there for so long that the players very much match the personality and play style of him. So if they don't bring in somebody that matches that personality and play style, I think they'll struggle with kind of a disheveled team in terms of personality types. If somebody comes in and wants them to be creative and expansive, which not that they can't be in the championship. Right. You just have a lot of, I guess, leftover from Di- that. I think could be maybe an issue for the new manager.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, might be tough to find an exact fit there, but if they find something close enough, you know, maybe it's just two years in the championship and they're back up. Uh, but that remains to be seen. Brents um, on the other end of things, Manchester City won the Premier League on the final day. Coming back from a 2-0 deficit to Aston Villa, they scored, what, three goals in... Five minutes. Three goals in five minutes? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I was going to say 10 or 15. No,
0: five. it was five minutes. That's
1: ridiculous. Um, it was, you know, thrilling to watch. Yeah. And uh, heartbreaking for Liverpool, who, you know, took the lead so shortly after City started their scoring. But
0: Well, and I did send you the tweet right after of, uh Steven Gerrard has the distinction of being the only person to bottle a Liverpool title, both as a player and as a manager. Harsh. But true.
1: But true, to an extent. Um, it looked yeah. like they were there. <clears throat> I, well,
0: Aston Villa, I mean. Like, you thought they were at least going to get a draw out
1: of the game. I sent an unfortunate text to one of my friends, who is a Liverpool supporter. I said, Aston Villa do not look like conceding two goals here. And they conceded. Ooh, sure enough. They conceded three about ten minutes after I sent that text, and he's like, "I think he jinxed uh, Aston Villa." Yeah. I said, "Yes, I absolutely did. F- felt bad a little bit." Yeah. But in the end, it was uh, what two somewhat defensive-minded center midfielders, uh, yeah. scoring the three goals.
0: Yeah, which I mean, you lo- like, I feel like that's very Pep Guardiola. You know, a team like a squad goal in terms of the fact like it, they don't they didn't have that star striker all season. They have question marks over Gabriel Jesus who's possibly leaving for Arsenal and they weren't relying on that to win. It came from good play. Mm-hmm. I realized Rodri's goal, you know, not necessarily from good play, it was just more of sure. like a main shot, but but even still, you know, it just kind of typifies the Pep Guardiola team mentality, I think. And it is fun to see Gundogan succeed. Like I've I've enjoyed him since he played for Dortmund, um, and, and to see him succeed on what could have been his last game for City, I think is a really fun headline as well.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean the first goal, just a, a great header from him, and then um, his second, and then the third one overall was uh, just right place at the far post with a great yeah. Kevin De Bruyne pass. You know, which is also very typical. We've seen Man's that all city. year. Um, I was like, there's no way he gets this ball. And <laughs> then, sure enough. Um, so, yeah, it was absolute scenes, if it you was. will, um, at the Etihad uh, when that third goal went in. And, you know, I have nothing against Mo Salah, but it was kind of nice to see him think he just won the title. Yeah,
0: the reverse Aguero moment. That's yeah. what he thought that he had done. Pretty, he thought that he had brought it to yeah. life. <laughs> and he hadn't. Jake, what was, we, we did kind of go over the, the other headlines that we had. Yeah. Congratulations to your Tottenham Hotspurs for reaching the Champions League. Maybe they can make thank
1: you thank a you.
0: run to the final again. Who knows? Under Antonio Conte,
1: <sighs> I'm. But <not laughs> I have zero expectations going into <laughs> Champions League next year. If we, um, you know, qualify for knockout stages, I'll, I'll be very
0: happy. That's fair. What I will say, Jake, is is maybe the the bigger again because the, there wasn't a lot of drama around that. I think the real only other drama was West Ham failing to convert on the opportunity to make Europa League after Manchester United looked terrible against Crystal Palace. They lost that match. All West Ham had to do was win. Actually I believe they could have drawn that game and still gone through because their goal differential was so much better than Manchester United's because Manchester United had zero and they had plus seven. Um they lose to Brighton. They lost three one to Brighton. On the final day, oh, and so they really bottled a chance to get after getting to the semifinals of the Europa League this season, missed their chance to get back in the competition next year. And what I will say is, I'm a little nervous for West Ham for next year because of it.
1: Why do you say that, Brent? Because they're in the Conference League, or
0: because it? So with the World Cup next year. There's less international breaks going ahead. It's not four matches you know, or four weeks international break. Four weeks international break. Sure. They're doing eight weeks straight of matches at the start. Okay. And then cutting so that the players can go. And to add on Europa Conference League playoff matches as yeah, well. Yeah, that's fair. And, and for a Moya's side, who already has such little squad rotation, they really rely on their core group of players and... Mark Noble's retiring. Declan Rice could be on the way out. Jared Bowen could be on the way out this summer. Probably one, not both of them. Hopefully for West Ham they can hold on to both. But they could really be in a tough spot next year with that many matches with such little squad rotation with no break to rest the players on the international duty.
1: Yeah, I think it was uh, going into January in this season when we mentioned – one of West Ham's needs was yeah. to increase the depth of their team, which they did not they did during now. January. Um, they could definitely add people in uh, the summer transfer window, but I don't know. West Ham traditionally have not had that sort of financial backing. Right. So they could, you know, if they're thrifty, get some players on free transfers, but, you know, they blew their shot at Europa League. So the lure of West Ham is a little less because yep. of it. So I think it's going to be, you know, like you said, tough for them next season. Um, Maybe they pull a Tottenham and kind of crap out of the Conference League, um, whether it was intentional or not.
0: (laughs) We'll say it was. We'll say
1: it was. Um, But yeah, I think that addition to the, uh, you know, Europe games and the um, World Cup being weirdly in the winter... Um, not going to be helpful for uh, West Ham, so you could say we are predicting them to have uh, a less than good season.
0: It's funny that you mentioned the word prediction, Jake. It's almost like you know the outline, and our next topic is our way too early predictions for next
1: season. What? I wouldn't do that on purpose. Oh.
0: So that was a coincidence.
1: Definitely. Wow, good for yeah. you. that's
0: that's a wonderful transition.
1: But now that we've transitioned, well, into yeah, it, we're already right? going to
0: be here and talk about it, Jake. What's your number one early prediction for next year?
1: My way too early prediction for next year, number one. Uh, and these are in no particular order. I have Newcastle earning a Europe spot, whether it be, you know, the coveted Europa Conference League. Or uh, maybe even a Europa League spot, right?
0: Jake, that is a way too early prediction because we have no idea what their signings are going to be.
1: Dare I say, bold prediction. Very bold. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which
0: was not part of the description. This was just way too early. Jake, but in terms of teams moving up the table, I too have a team moving up the table as my first point, which is Spurs to break into the top three, assuming they hold on to Antonio Conte. After it was announced today, they will be adding an extra 150 million pounds into the squad, into the team for the transfer budget, for renovations, whatever it may go to. Conte now has a bit of a weapon chest that he can throw out into the market. Maybe they even sell Harry Kane for 100 mil again. I mean, I doubt it, but like- Blasphemous. Imagine if you give Antonio Conte with top goal scorer, mind you, heung Son still staying with the team. Imagine him getting like 200 million pounds to spend. two hundred fifty.
1: Yeah, no, uh one fifty is is quite the war chest to, to begin with, and I saw a secondary report saying that all of that is going towards Antonio Conte wow. and his uh potential signings, and if that's true, um it's an exciting time to be a Spurs yeah. fan. So uh yeah, Brent, I, I I love that.
0: Yeah, I thought you would. Do you also love my second one, which is Jack Grealish will be one of City's best players next year. I'm not saying he's going to overtake Kevin De Bruyne, but I could see him being Holland's new Sancho, the winger that is creative and direct that will just set him up with passes on a platter in front of net.
1: Yeah, um, I could definitely see that. Obviously, with the heavy rotation, I, I hope he gets enough you know, game time sure. where he can prove himself as City's best player. But yeah, I think after, you know, a year getting adjusted to City's style, I think it's not unreasonable for him to become their uh, most important player. Not, you know, you know. At least in... One of them.
0: One of their best wingers, players in general. I sure, think. sure. He's going to turn into... Either, he'll have a huge step up.
1: Turn into what Sterling was two years ago. Right. Yeah, And what he was supposed to supposed be, to be to the continue entire time. Be. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, Brent, my second one is uh, not so, you know... Happy for you Saints fans out oh, there. Oh, dear. I have Southampton to be relegated next Ooh,
0: season. you know, so I almost put that as well.
1: That's fun. Yeah. Um, you know, they finished off the season pretty poorly. Um, I think they're going to lose some players. Uh, some of their bright spots were, you know, loan players. I think maybe James Ward-Prowse leaves. Um, you know, Che Adams can't produce that much. I think Brogia, uh goes on loan somewhere else. Sure. I don't think he goes and starts playing in Chelsea's uh, starting eleven anytime soon. Um, And I think some of their other younger talent gets poached in this offseason, which, you know, happens for a team like Southampton. And I don't think they sign... And for an egg. Yeah. Poached. No, I got it. Okay. Um, And I don't think they do enough to supplement what they lose in the summer. And I think they... uh, they find themselves in the bottom three at the end of next season.
0: Wow. I, I dislike it for Saints fans, but like I said, I was pretty close. But speaking of that kind of relegation spot, I have, if they get promoted, Nottingham Forest to be next year's Leeds of last year, Brentford of this year, the overperforming promoted team. Okay. If they don't get promoted, I have Fulham to finally stay up and not just go right back down.
1: I like that. Yeah. Um, you're kinda covering your covering your bases.
0: Well, uh, it's just cause we don't know yet. Sure, sure,
1: sure. Not until it's Sunday. Um, but we're both rooting for Forrest. I think so. Um I'd so love to see them back in the Prem. I'm sad that neither of us are gonna be in town and probably not gonna watch it. Yeah. I'll be sad. on a
0: plane.
1: I'll be No, Camping. I might be watching it okay. because I, I I will be in a house at that point. Okay. So just you. <laughs> yeah. Sucks. Shoot. Uh but Brent My final, way too early prediction for next year. I have Hingman Sun to repeat as golden boot winner. I think Kane has really, you know, come into his own as an elite passer of the football. And I think that continues into next season. And Sun just, you know, gets a lot of, not tap-ins, but, you know, relatively easy finishes.
0: Conte is slowly converting Harry Kane into a center defensive midfielder. A ball playing specialist.
1: The man tackles like it. Yeah, I know.
0: It's, <laughs> the man he presses just fine. I mean, he could sit right there and do a job, I'm sure.
1: He had five yellow cards this season. Yeah, look at him. <laughs> As a striker. Yeah. Um, I could see it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think especially with um, Conte's system, with the good Wing backs going forward, Cessignon, and then Doherty when he's healthy, um, they really could pick a pass. And I think that's going to continue into next season with, you know, a whole summer of, you know, just getting to know the manager more and maybe some new signings. Mm-hmm. I think it bodes well for human son, and he repeats as Golden Boot winner.
0: All right, Jake. Well, then I've got one last question for you. Which team regresses the most and which overachieves? Is- over in, overachievers? Overachieves? Overachieves. <laughs> Next year.
1: Was there a debate about achievers? There's a debate in
0: my own head. was like, I know this isn't right, but I still said it.
1: Um, well, Brent, I think the team that overachieves most <laughs> is. Uh, I'm going to go with Bournemouth. I know you picked Forest yeah. to kind of You're be You're kind that. of picking
0: the only other team I didn't mention yeah that's kind of frustrating
1: sorry about that yep um but I think everything has you know been going up for them and they made some good January signings and I think you know obviously teams that come up to the Premier League usually get some more signings in the summer before so I think they're going to continue that trend and they're going to get one or two good additions um and we see them around the 10 spot
0: wow okay I have Aston Villa as my overachiever for next season. Interesting. I think that with now more time to settle down, Lam- uh, I'm sorry, not Lampard, uh, Gerard can get the team set up in a way that he wants, can bring in some players that match his style, keeping in mind that none of the players that are in the team currently, other than Coutinho and now Kamara on a free, who I think is an amazing signing for them. Mm-hmm. The rest of them aren't his players. And he can grab players that I believe will match his place. I think Dinya is already a great start. I think that Matty Cash is going to be a great player for them as well. But I could see them bringing in a new center new center back. You know, a more dominant one. As well as possibly a, a new winger. Okay. Because things haven't really worked sure. out with the Buendia thing. They do have Coutinho on a permanent now. They have which Bailey is great. still? They do, but he's so injury prone you never sure. know. Um, but I could see them really making a push out of the bottom half of the table next year. I'm not saying that they're going to be like top 6, but I could see them finishing in like 8th, 7th, something like that.
1: Okay, yeah, definitely possible. Um, the the tools are there. It's just whether uh, Gerard can, uh, you know, assemble it. Yeah. Um, uh, my underachieving team. Mm-hmm. I don't really have one specific, I think uh two we've mentioned, West Ham yep. and then Southampton, I, mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier. I think those are the two I'm going to highlight. I think um, they're going to both finish two to three positions below where they finished this season. Um
0: And that's all I'm going to say about that. Jake, I have a caveat to mine, which is just if Christian Eriksen doesn't re-sign for Brentford, I have Brentford as struggling next season. Well, they
1: were in awful form before he arrived.
0: They were. Granted, they did have a lot of injuries in the middle sure. of the season that did coincide with that, not only including their goalkeeper. But I think because they performed so well this year, you could see players like a Rico Henry getting picked up by a higher table team. Right. Um. Who is who so important for them. Ponis Jansen, as their captain, is getting older. I, I just think they could take a step down, especially if Erickson leaves. But my other one is Wolves, who for all intents and purposes, in my opinion, overperformed because of how good Jose saw was this year. I don't know that he can be as crucial for them again next year. And I think if they don't get their recruitment right, they're really going to struggle next year.
1: Yeah, Brent, I think I agree with you. Um, You know, they had some injury problems of their own, but they got Pedro Neto back, who I think is a pivotal part of that attack and if they can keep him healthy, I think they have a chance. If they can keep him in general, right. he might yeah. get poached as well, uh, much like the eggs that you Ha-ha. mentioned previously. But yeah, I, I think Wolves could be in for a tough season. Um, but yeah, uh, those are our most likely to regress and over Achovas. And Choves. Um Which just leaves one last part of... This episode.
0: And I know what you're thinking. I can't wait to be surprised with a bet this week. Well, guess what? There's no more matches in the Premier League. So we have instead highlighted some other odds that, frankly, I still found surprising.
1: One other odds to be precise, Brent. Right. And it is for the... uh,
0: Championship playoff final. Thank you.
1: Words were failing to come to my mouth. Forest to win in extra time
0: against Huddersfield. Plus (laughs) 1,000. It's surprising.
1: Shocking. I'm predicting 1-1 in the initial 90 and I think uh, Nottingham Forest get a second early into extra time and then in the second half of extra time I see Huddersfield pushing too much for that equalizer, and Forrest getting one last counter-attacking goal to uh, finish it off at 3-1, Yeah, Forrest in extra time.
0: I saw it a little differently being both teams afraid to make mistakes, because there's so much on the line. Look, Huddersfield isn't as good as Forrest is as a team, like they just simply aren't. Forrest are better. But because of the history of Forrest and because they've been out of the top flight for so long, yeah. I think there's so much pressure on them to succeed. I could see it being a stalemate through regulation. Okay. And then Forrest finding a winner in extra time.
1: I could definitely see that as well. When was the last time Huddersfield was in the top flight before their
0: Most uh, recent, short stay? Yeah, they three were years just ago. here in, what, 18? 18, 2017 18? 18, I, I believe so. I thought it had been like 30 years I was going to say, that.
1: they're not a familiar team to me yeah, before but that. But they've been
0: more recently than Forrest. Have. Okay. Well, yes. And Forrest have the history of being Champions League winners, although it was the European Cup Winners' <laughs> Cup. At it's the, time. the, same, it's thing, the same thing, dude. It's the same thing. I just think there's a lot of pressure on them, and they may take a while to settle the nerves before getting a victory.
1: Has Aston Villa won the Champions League? I think so. Because do you see that video of them singing to the city fans, the Champions League winners of Europe? Yeah. You'll never win that or sing that, and those fans on City were side were so pissed.
0: And I just don't get it. Like, you know what? Uh, I do get it because I saw that video and I thought. And if you don't know what we're talking about, that's too bad. But um,
1: <laughs> your loss.
0: Yeah, seriously, go find it. In my thought, ooh, real tough guys in front of a crowd of security guards that are gonna stop you. Like, way to show off, like you're gonna go beat these guys up. That's ooh, that's tough. You know, it's. I'm assuming it was when they're up to zero. I assume so as well. Um, so
1: the city fans got the last laugh. Um, if you don't care about you know European titles, but which they clearly <laughs> don't. <laughs> um, but Brent. Um, that's it for this
0: episode. Yeah, my whiskey's gone. My beer we we are drinking tall boys. It's we a special are. night. Um, we're, it's, we're having it's a last day. episode of the season. <laughs> Jake the important thing is that the whiskey's gone.
1: The topics are done. The season's over. We have not decided if we're going to do a final wrap up with season awards yet. So this could be our final episode.
0: Be, what do we do? We just like take off our pajamas after this? Never to be worn again. Until next season?
1: I mean, I'm still gonna sleep in my pajamas.
0: Oh, you are? Yeah. Well then, I guess from the only podcast with the coziest dress code.
1: That dress code being whatever you wear to bed every night.
0: We call them pajamas. We'll see you
1: next year? Season? <laughs> next week? <laughs> we
0: have not decided yet. Yeah. CyanR. <laughs>